The Rewind 80s Mixtape Tour is coming back to the Cairns Performing Arts Centre, Saturday, June 3rd. Tunes by Prince, In Excess, Queen, Wham and more. The 80s show not to be missed. Get your tickets now or check out rewind80sband.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Dame Edna Everett. So well, Bert, you are. Thank you, Dave Edward. Thank you. Where's that lanky sidekick of yours? <laughs> he may be watching tonight. Who knows? You're looking absolutely beautiful as always. Aren't I, darling? Of course, women will be copying this frock slavishly, won't they? <laughs> I had a phone call from Mr Hawke. He rang me up. Well, really? very recent. Thrilled with a new Gallup poll. 78% of Australians adore me, he said. He did. I said, darling, you only need another 22% to be neck and neck with me, Possum. <laughs> I said, I did. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth, guys. How are you oh, all? Oh, hello there. We're doing a very special, special show tonight. We're doing a tribute to the great, late, great Barry Humphreys, whom we lost over the weekend. Very sad. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like a part of our childhoods, again, gone. And our families. Absolutely. You know, like it was a part of the family to sit there and watch Dame Edna perform on TV. Like my parents were obsessed. They went to live shows we saw them in restaurants, you name it, you know. And it's just really sad because he was a trailblazer. Absolutely. And you'd have to say sort of – you'd definitely have to say one of the highest profile Australians in the world. Absolutely. He was absolutely huge. And, I mean, he, he – um, you know, he sort of started his career in the 50s but – there's something really 80s about him. He sort of, he did, yeah. thing, things really opened up for him on television in the 80s because, I mean, mm. you know, TV was really sort of revolutionising itself in the 80s. So um, he, you know, TV was big and colourful. He was big and colourful. And um, I don't know, he was just such a big part of our childhoods during the 80s. But, I mean, his career sort of went went beyond as well right up until his death. So... Um, we're going to have a little bit of a look at it tonight and pay, pay tribute to Barry. 
because uh, he was a you know huge favourite of ours and of so many people around the world. Oh, look, I put and and we are the eighties montage people. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Sammy Hard on, and I'm Jay Jovi, and we're here for another week. And we are going to celebrate Barry Humphreys because he was the biggest export, I think, of Australia, like one of the hugest exports, and kept making these characters up. Uh, Aquarians love to dress up as other people. They really do. They they live in this whole, you know, they don't want anyone to know. They just want to be someone else, you know. It's quite interesting. Yeah, Aquarians do actually have like a love of people and an interest in people. Yeah, and watch them. Uh, so Almost like a love-hate relationship because they sort of – they they love the best of people, but like they they can't stand when people are just sort of mundane or boring, and so they sort of they have this like incredible relationship with humanity. Mm. Uh, and you know, I I think what was really special about Barry Humphreys in particular, like you said, he used to make these characters up. He's, yeah. He he was famous because of um, you know not playing a script that had been written for him or you know, um, something else that somebody else had done. He had he actually, like, generated these characters. And even though he was, you know, a trained and experienced actor and he played many roles over the years, it was his uh, one-man show that was basically his biz- biggest success. Absolutely. Now, we played the Burn Newton and Dame Edna Everidge from the Logies. I think it was 81, was it? Can't remember. I think that was eighty four. Eighty four. Um, yeah, Bob Hawke was at the Logies that year. That's right. And um, <laughs> they were quite close as well. They yeah. sort of same uh, hairstyles, you know, because, really. Yeah, the same <laughs> same sort of generation of bloke. You know, yeah. like yeah, they they would have had a had a deep admiration for each other. I'd say, but um, yeah, that was a that was a really big year for the Logies that year. That was. Um, there was something really magic. You, you know, if you go back and watch that clip, you'll see sort of Jenny Little in the audience and you'll mm-hmm. see sort of, um, uh, you know, all the 80s stars. Of course, Bert Newton um, emceeing and, you know, he did a great job. But, yeah, we're going to sort of, I guess, go back to the big beginning a little bit, play a few clips. Mm. There's no way that you could ever sum up the brilliance of Barry Humphreys in a couple of clips within an hour. No. But we're just going to have a look at sort of select moments throughout his career um, and encourage you guys to go and, uh, you know, watch his stuff on YouTube or wherever you can really. Absolutely. And two things that I noticed or that I've observed is watching some clips when they do bring Edna into the room. It's not just funny to see her walk in the way she's dressed. Musically, uh, in that clip especially, you can hear the bass just going really nuts, like over the top, like it's it's funny <laughs> musically as well. Like it's so stupid. And I think because uh, we did do a Burn Newton special uh, episode 102 of Burt and we did play this clip and it's one of my favourites. And I think that having the music really emphasise and there's been some horrible brass things happen and a couple of, of the clips I've watched. So they went musically, they started with the comedy as well and went through to the character. It was just brilliantly done. And... Um, 
not only that, would you get away with doing this today? I'd say no. This is the whole thing and this Mm. is sort of something that I want to unpack in this episode because it it ties in very much – there's there's an irony to this very sad death because it's not just the you know the the passing of the great Barry Humphreys it's also it's also the passing of a type of sense of humor and a and a particular view and perspective of the world so I want to sort of talk about that later on a little bit but you'll you'll definitely see what I mean but um mm. how have you been how have you been baby you actually look lovely really nice hey your hair looks lovely what? Are you kidding? I'm in my pajamas. I'm two steps away from the bed. Um, so I've got to do my hair tonight because I, Maddie and I are going to Wagga Wagga tomorrow to do pseudo echo. So oh, great. and then we're going to Albury on Saturday night to do pseudo echo. So if you are coming, guys, we will see you then. So Maddie's got to go to work. Then he'll come home and sleep, and we'll head off. And we'll drive up there. So I'm sort of semi in the middle of getting organised for that and just doing other stuff. I, I really haven't done much at all, you know. Yeah, right. You look happy though. Yeah, look, at having pseudo is great because there's constant work and it's yeah. fantastic because I don't have to worry about as much stuff and yeah. I really enjoy it Um and – I guess, what have I done today? Oh, I think when the more gigs you do, the better you get. You know what I mean? Like even, Yeah, yeah. Like you just feel happier. I don't know. I could do three yeah. gigs a week. And yeah, you don't gotcha. really get to do that anymore. But with no. Suits and Rewind 80s, the both of them is just a perfect thing, you know? Yeah. How fantastic. are you going? Not too bad. I took the day off today. I just wasn't feeling it. I know that's a bludge, but um, had Anzac Day yesterday. Went to the footy. Saw Collingwood win against um, Essendon. It was a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal game. It just like the umpiring was just fucking shit. But Collingwood really fought back, and in the end, we we got something like seven consecutive goals in the fourth quarter to to win, and it was just. An amazing ending. Frustrating to start with but an amazing ending. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, just kind of a couple of things happen after the game. I just, you know, facing down work today, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I thought I can't go back to work. I was missing Leo. I hadn't seen him all day yesterday. Yeah. And I just I just wanted to hang out with him. So I did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just went on walks. I took him to the zoo just for an hour. Great. Um, yeah, and just hung out with him. He's crawling now. He started crawling oh on my God, your life's Saturday night. Bloody hard. Now, yeah. he's, now he's crawling. Yeah, yeah. He knows what to do. He's sort of, um, yeah, he's <laughs> every day. Oh, and he's, he said dada about. 20 times in the last 24 hours. Hilarious. But what yeah. was his first word? Bubba? It was Bubba. Hilarious. Everything that's, was Bubba. That's your word. Bubba. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he actually, said, he actually said daddy, but we think it was a mistake. Uh, like we think it was just like an accident, you know. Yeah. But he said, he said dada a big heaps of times. <laughs> big oh, heaps yeah. Of times He'd know dada yeah. 
Absolutely. So fucking funny. <laughs> wow, that's so yeah. cute. Because we're documenting his life on the podcast as well, really. Oh, pretty much. Can yeah, you imagine yeah, in about absolutely. 12 years he'll be on the podcast going, ah, yeah. hey, gang. You know, <laughs> bloody hell. But um, we'll be too we'll be too old to go out. We'll send him out. Well, to the that's right. We're we're setting it up for us now. Um, <laughs> but look, I just wanted to read out a review that came through I, Apple iTunes, guys. Your reviews, all you need to do is a review, and this person's done that, and it says, "Come to Perth, great banter and knowledge of all things eighties." Lauren Kate, Apple Podcast Australia. So thank you. I'm, I'm think it's either Lauren Kate or Kate Lauren, whatever. I've just got an email here. Always put your name underneath your uh, reviews. I mean, it does, it's not a big thing, but love to know your name so we can pick on you. But good on you, Lauren or Kate. You're the best, and and this is what's helped us chart because we were in the Aussie charts for a good two weeks there and going up and down. And I was watching it go up and down going, why is that happening? It's all because you review. When you give a review, it might take you five minutes on Apple iTunes. It helps us go up the chart, which means everyone can see us. And when we do great shows, uh, you're, you know, other people can find us. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you for that review. Yeah. Is it Lauren or Kate? That's great. I'm not sure. Please. It sort of says Lauren, Kate. Um, okay. Her email, so. All right, Lauren, maybe. Hey, Lauren, get in touch again. Let us know what venue we should come to. In go Perth. for a big one. Yeah, go for a big yeah. one. What what venue should we go for? Not so much the casino, probably. Um, no. But, um, you know, like a bigger venue, like a kind of performing arts centre or something. That's where we'll go. You tell us. Anyway, we'll take your tip, Lauren. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And I thought we'd look at the highest um, – like uh, podcast platforms that people are listening to the 80s montage on because I thought uh, that would be interesting. So 73% are listening to Apple. So there's your iTunes reviewers, Apple wow. people, get on down. Tune in, 59%. I don't really know tune in but what? thank you tune, tune in, in people. Yeah, Bloody tune hell. in. Firebox, okay. 36%. Firebox I That's- haven't heard of either. That's your old nickname. That is my old nickname. I know, but when I was single, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Firebox. Oh, God. I, I think I used to I think I used to breathe fire down there for sure. Um, Amazon <laughs> Music, 35%. Stitcher, 20%. Spotify, 19%. Deezer, 17%. And others, which is just a mixture of others, is, uh, what is it, 12%. That's oh. amazing. I would have fucking... That's incredible, all those ones between uh, Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's amazing. That's right. There Good are on a you lot. guys. There are a lot, guys. And you can just Google the 80s Montage Podcast and find us. The highest downloads this week are the United States of America is number one. Number two USA. is Australia. Yeah. Number two is Australia. Number three is the Great. United Kingdom. Number four, South Africa. And five, United Arab Emirates. <laughs> Is that how you say it? <laughs> it's, it it's just Emirates? singular Arab, not not Arabs. Oh, United Arab. United Arab. Arab. <laughs> okay. There's only one Arab. All right. See, so there you funny. go. That one Arab is working hard. <laughs> How great. Oh, that's awesome. I've got on you guys. Of course, the yeah. best thing you can do is uh, become a subscriber. 
Uh, hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to or become a Patreon, guys. Yeah, absolutely. For as little as $1.50 a month. Good Patreon. on you. Patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. All the links are on our links when on our, um, you know, when you look up Spotify or whatever, they'll all be there for you to have a look at anyway. Now, Boy George was on the TV the other day going back to, to uh, Barry Humphreys. Boy George was on the project the other day. They're coming out to Australia. I did get in touch with his people and did get an answer back, which was really lovely. And he called Dame Edna Everidge the best drag queen in the world, came from Australia. It's funny, isn't it? Because essentially that's what Dame Edna is. That character is a drag queen. But sort of Barry himself really didn't like... That classification, he, I think he found it a little bit reductive. Um, I think sort of compared to most drag queens, what Barry did was just like in another stratosphere, you know. Um, mm. But essentially that's what he was, you know. Barry always used to say that he, he, was, ba- he was an actor. He was basically a satirist. Or an actor. Um, he he sort of didn't see himself as a drag queen. But uh, look, Dame Edna was more famous than he was. Everybody knew Dame Edna. Yeah. But like not not everybody knew who, who Barry Humphreys was. But look, let's um, and, jump and, back and to also, the beginning. And also when Dame started, there weren't really known drag queens. Like that's the reality that's right. of it. I yeah. mean, there was Carmen. Carmen was Australia's biggest drag queen, you know. And nowadays they don't want to be called this, blah, blah, blah. But he was an innovator and and that's the world that he would have had to live in. in the, like my dad loved him. My dad loved yeah. her. My dad loved everything about my both of my parents. And it was normal for us as kids to sit down and watch a guy dressed as a woman. It wasn't an issue. And this is the thing about the 80s. We were a lot freer in the 80s, I think, and we had a lot more fun because no one fucking listened to Facebook and people in the fucking social media realms to tartan their fucking – way of thinking like you could dress your little brother up as a girl and not fucking feel shit about it you know yeah yeah that's right and there was something about the stage in this period sort of like leading up to the 80s and the 80s themselves you could be as big and camp and queer on stage as you liked and it didn't matter like it didn't People sort of didn't see it as gay. It was a stage performance, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was funny. It was funny. Like if you look at like Elton John, Liberace, Freddie Mercury, uh-huh. anything that Barry Humphreys did, like that was sort of just big Bowie. and camp. It didn't sort of cross people's minds. George. Yeah. It didn't cross people's no. minds. Like gay no. and straight, it didn't. It no. really didn't no. – you, you were a performer, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. I wish it was like that now. No, you know what I mean? No, it never will be. That's the thing because we're such fucking followers now. You know, oh, got to fucking think this way. Like it, why? What the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. Like it, it's tiring. It's tiring. And, and I'm glad we've lived the 80s and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this show would totally understand what we're talking about. You know, mm. yeah. Everyone's absolutely. judged, and everyone's being judged, but they're the fucking judgy wudgies. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Anyone that judges someone else is usually the fucking one judging, you know. That's yeah. the psychology behind it. But the first thing we're going to look at, honey, is uh, the first one you wanted to play. Let's. I'll give you a bit of a sort yeah. of a, a quick run up to this. So Barry was born, um, John Barry Humphreys. He was born here in Melbourne, February 17, like you said, 1934 in Kew. He went to school, uh, Camberwell Grammar, very well-to-do family. They were quite churchy as well. Um, very sort of uh, bourgeois, middle-class, white Australian. You know, they were sort of... Uh, rich working class, you'd say. Yeah. Um, he went from Camberwell Grammar to Melbourne Grammar, which he kind of really didn't like because it was sort of compulsory sports and he was more oh. – he was very bookish into literature, into art, very, you know, very arty, very artistic. Um, and then the parents were quite – he he wanted to always wanted to be a painter. He was really interested in art and artistic movements and and so forth, and told his parents that he wanted to you know become a painter, and they were they were horrified, you know, and and to be honest, sort of you know in a working class family, in a middle class Australian family, coming out and saying that you 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 know especially in these generations, coming out and saying that you wanted to be an artist, oh, it was oh. it was like. Coming out what are you that you were talking gay. About? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. So he, they sort of, re- they really encouraged him to go off to uni. He went to Melbourne Uni to study uh, law, philosophy, and fine art. Um, but he didn't do very well. Like he was brilliant going in, but um, he dropped out after a couple of years. The the, the thing because he wasn't into it. He didn't care about it. He was really just doing it for his parents. He did meet a lot of people. This is the great thing about uni. You meet a lot of people that are, you know, similar mindset as you because you don't you don't really get any dumb fucks at uni. At least you, you get a few less, you know. So you tend to meet up with people that are on the same wavelength as you. This is why people have such, you know, great memories of uni. And, and it was from um, – from being at Uni of Melbourne that he got into the Union Theatre Rep Company, uh, and which was an acting company. It was a sort of precursor to Melbourne Theatre Company. And in about 1955, he got his first role in a Shakespeare and toured Australia. So it was when he was out sort of touring Australia that like you'd go to each little town and look, touring theatre companies in Australia in the 50s and and obviously before, but especially sort of the 50s, very, very popular because it was that was the entertainment and, and the culture coming to town, you know, from the cities. Because there was all, no TV, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's exactly why, yeah. So you had sort of – you had like people from the cities coming to like these little bumfuck towns in the middle of Australia and, um, you know, bringing Shakespeare to town and stuff like that, you know. Anyway – um, there'd always be Barry used to tell this story. There'd always be sort of one or two he used to call the culture vultures, like old ladies who thought that they were, you know, a bit of a cut above everyone else, and they'd sort of they'd put on a spread for the cast, like you know, put put sort of sandwiches and and drinks on and stuff for the cast, and they'd come around and thank them and everything, and um, you know sincerely thank them for coming to town and bringing some culture to our town and all of this kind of thing. And they'd give a little speech because they'd be always be part of some sort of women's group or something like that and, you know, big noting themselves. And 
Barry used to, after these presentations, do impersonations of these women. Barry himself had sort of a very fractious relationship with his own mum. She was very sort of disapproving of everything he did and, um, you know, she could always sort of just pick holes in everything that he did and um, he sort of mixed his impression of his mum with his impression of these culture vultures and do, do them for the cast and it was extremely popular with the cast and he just called this woman Edna. Edna, um, Edna Everidge. Everidge was like average, you know, like she was the average sort of white Australian middle-class woman. And it was piss funny. But sort of Edna in the early days was very different from the Edna that we saw, you know, with the purple hair and the glasses and the fabulous frocks and all of that. So she started sort of quite small and he developed her over time. Now this this clip that we've got, her voice changed too. It sort of, you know, got bigger and grander. And But the, the key to Edna was that um, she had absolutely no humility. She'd always brag and stuff like that and she'd always sort of – always dole out these backhand compliments, like big backhand compliments and just sort of cut through people's bullshit. She'd sort of satirise them and take them down to their face but people would just be screaming with laughter. They just loved the character. So sort of he would go on to develop that character and do his own little cabaret shows in and around Melbourne. He was very – he became sort of famous in Melbourne for doing these cabaret shows and um, we've got a little clip of early Edna. So this was happening. This was happening sort of late fifties that Edna came about. There are very early recordings, but the audio is terrible, and it doesn't sort of give you uh, an essence of what Edna was like. This one, I believe, is from nineteen seventy-five. So we're jumping slightly into the future, and we'll jump back again. But here's some early Edna for you guys. No worries, Andy. Dave that was a clip from your latest film, Barry McKenzie Holds His Own. I do think that the exploits of yourself and your nephew Barry McKenzie have helped to create a new image of Australia replacing kangaroos and rabbits. Hello, Mark. <laughs> How gorgeous to meet you. He's a lovely young man. And hello, everyone, boys and girls, teachers, headmasters, lecturers and students. It's very, very lovely to be on the program. What can I do for you, dear? Uh, well, as I said, do you think that um, yourself and Barry McKenzie have sort of created a new age of Australia? Oh, well, I hope so. You see, so many people think of Australia as a, as a land of kangaroos and rabbits. But this isn't so. No, it's absolutely true. <laughs> and you get full marks for that. But there are also people there, and I think to me, I'm, I think what you varsity or I don't know, who are we addressing? University people? Kindergartens are we going to? A mixture of both. Twilight homes for elderly students. <laughs> I think I'm a humanist. I think that would be the word, would it? I got it in a crossword the other night. And I'm interested in people. I love people. Very, very fond of people. I've got a lot of time. She was very quaint and, and sort of whimsical, and, but she used to sort of just command the room. It did not matter and you, would see, you will see this in sort of like later clips. The biggest stars in the world would be on the same panel. The moment Dame Edna walked in, 
it would be like holding a candle to the sun. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the thing I find interesting, Dame Edna, oh, look, there's things that she says I've heard women say in the 80s, like, isn't he a lovely boy? Who the fuck cares anymore? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's Jackie. Isn't he a lovely man? He's a lovely man, isn't he? Oh, he is, isn't he? Like they asking, are you asking? You're telling? What's going on? And my mum still does that to this day and it's not fast enough for me. I get a bit frustrated by it. Like, oh, no, I don't care, you know. I've never said that about anyone. Aren't they a lovely person? I couldn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? But she'd, she'd say things like... Um, she'd say things like, just like <laughs> fucking tactless things like, you know, isn't he a lovely boy? He's a lovely boy, isn't he? Do you think he's looking for, um, do you think he's looking for, for Miss Wright? Yeah. Suggesting that he might be gay, you know yeah, what I mean? right, like there, yeah. There's always that sort of backhand bit of tactlessness involved as well, yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's right. Oh, there is. <laughs> There is, but that's how they used to talk, those women. Yeah, And they like did. you said before, with the people that used to put on the sandwiches at the theatre shows, that would have been the whole situation because it's a fact that they're doing something for someone but they're actually doing it for their own recognition. Yeah. And it's yeah, sort of not right. about helping the theatre. And he saw through that obviously. Oh, absolutely. And went, that is the character I need because it's fucking funny when you psychologically look at it and go why do people do that why do they talk about people when really they're talking about themselves it's a really interesting thing and that was what the humor was you know he was really the first aussie comedian and star to really shine a light on sort of middle class australian culture and the sort totally. of narrow-mindedness of it, you know what I mean? It was yeah. so sort of confined and narrow-minded in 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 the most endearing way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just incredible. But look, he um, – by the late 50s, he was quite famous in Melbourne for his shows but him he, uh, he he didn't did marry for a year in the in during the 50s as well to sort of get away from his parents it was quite doomed it only lasted a year and he he married fairly quickly again to his second wife and they took off to london in 59 um, took him a little while to find a little bit of work in 1960, he was in the the original stage production of Oliver, the musical. Wow. Uh, he had a sort of smaller but really memorable role and things started taking off for him. Yep. But it was in 62 that a Melbourne producer called him um, and said, God, I will bankroll you to come back and tour a show of all your characters. And it was called A Nice Night at the Theatre. Like even that, even that was a piss take of like old biddies saying, oh, well, it was a nice yes, night at the theatre. Yes, that's theater. right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like sort of sort of dissing the show a little bit that they had seen. Like, oh, well, you know, it was a nice night at the theatre. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's right. They weren't, it, they weren't that satisfied by it, yeah. No, that's right, exactly. Um, It was a huge success, that show, and it toured all around Australia. Um, In 63, he had a a young daughter, Tessa. Um, He did try to take his cabaret show, this show, back to the UK, but it wasn't popular yet. It was sort of too regional. the, The Brits didn't want to see... 
an Australian housewife yet. It wasn't quite working. Now, um, all the while he was still doing his paintings and drawings and everything, and he actually sort of um, drew a comic strip called Barry McKenzie. It got picked up by a British newspaper and it was hugely popular. So the comic comic strip itself was the launching pad for Barry McKenzie, which was, you know, the character that he uh, invented. Huge hits in the UK but banned in wow. Victoria, in Australia. It was really wow. thought as being really kind of um, – they couldn't deal with the piss take of Australian culture because okay. it was all sort of burping and sinking beers and stuff and it, they found it too raw. You God, know? that Whereas would have been Brits hard to measure. It. Yeah. Because you've got to measure every country against your characters. So if yeah, I do right. this with this character, Australia will hate it until they get used to it because I'll become big in the UK. Very yeah. tricky situation, really. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, he he came back, did another couple of tours in Australia. Massive hits. He was really big in, in Australia. Um, uh, 65, he did a show called Excuse I. Um, and another one called It's Just a Show. Now, Just a Show, Barry had... Um, Barry actually had – he develops stage fright and he used to sort of treat his stage fright with drinking, you know, but he also sort of he'd, – he'd say to himself before he went on, oh, my God, it's just a show. And then he'd sort of walk on and play to thousands of people and make, you know, make heaps of money and everything. Yeah. But he'd, he'd just sort of have to reduce it for himself like, um, you know, fuck, it's just a show. I actually find when I build things up – build things to up too much for myself. I just have yeah. to sort of, you know, whack myself in the head and say, hang on, it's just a gig. It's just a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's not every fucking... artist goes through that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where you downplay what you're doing. But you could you could be going out and doing 40,000 people but you've just got to I, – I get that like with local pubs, you know, like – it's hard because you're thinking everyone's going to judge you but then you've just got to go, well, I could be dead or I go on stage. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, he did – he was sort of struggling for success in the UK um, and the late 60s he went through a divorce with his second wife. Um, she, you know, she had custody of his two daughters and he really succumbed to alcoholism. Took Shit. him a few years to sort of get off and he went completely dry from there. From that point, things really started picking up for him. Um, the the comic strip, Barry McKenzie, got picked up by the, um, the, the newly minted Australian Film Commission that Gough Whitlam established and the very mm-hmm. first film – commissioned by the Australian Film Commission was um, The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Great. It was a massive um, hit, a massive hit. Uh, he did He did write it. He appeared in it as Edna but Barry Crocker played Barry McKenzie. Oh, Barry Crocker did. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Now it was, um, um, it was a massive hit and it was a massive hit in the UK as well. The film was a massive hit in the UK. It made them see, it made them see Edna in a different light, and he kind of developed Edna a little bit and made her a bit more glamorous. Like he kind of, she was really dowdy in the start. Yeah, I saw he, that video. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. He really put some effort into the dresses and the hair and the glasses and everything. And they, the the Brits really liked the kind of attempt at like uh, that she was trying to be Lady Muck, you know. Yeah. They loved that. And she really took off, really became really popular in the UK. Um, in 74... The Australian Film Commission um, commissioned the, the sequel, Barry McKenzie Hold, Holds His Own, and it was in that film that the the uh, Prime Minister at the time, Gough Whitlam, made Edna a dame at the end of the film. So she became Dame Edna because of Gough Whitlam and, it, wow. and that was hugely popular. Like it would have been like an incredible time in Australia in this time. Oh, yeah. Very artistic, very politically active um, would have been amazing this period of the 70s. Um, around this time he got married for the third time to Lizzie Spender, who he would be with for um, – oh, actually, no, wasn't Lizzie yet. That was his th- uh, his third wife wasn't Lizzie. Um, but he did get married late 70s. He had a huge hit in London with a one-man show called Housewife Superstar and that wow. became like his big um, – like his big monarch, you know, it will always be written Dame Edna, housewife superstar. Now it was in this show that he, it wasn't until the 70s, you know, like mid to late 70s, that he did a second character, character Les Patterson. Les is my fucking favourite. Les is my yes. hero. We've got a little bit yep. of Les. I think we've got the first appearance of Les to play and then we'll play some later Les later on, I think. But, All right. um Give it a listen. First appearance of Les. Oh, sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, permit me to introduce myself to you good people, if I may. My name is Les Patson. (laughs) P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. And I have the honour to be the Australian cultural attaché. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not an orator. Far from it. I'm an Australian politician. <laughs> the Dame Edna Everidge, as such is this little lady's name, is no longer the property of we Australians. She is no longer the exclusive prerogative of thousands of men and women exactly like me. She belongs to the world now. We've had to give her up, like Joni Sutherland, like Olivia Newton-John, like bloody Rolf. She's She's the world's. Well, ladies and gentlemen, according to the old enemy on my wrist, they're open in Melbourne. This opportunity to invite you good people to charge your glasses and drink Dame Edna's health to say good luck, bond chance, Wonder Woman. You get up there and show those pommy. I'm getting emotional now, ladies and gentlemen. That was not my intention, but I have had a drink tonight. I have partaken. As a matter of fact, I've been celebrating in the back seat of my car. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the studios the little lady who is in England right now. He's fucking hilarious. Do you know he is so Queensland, isn't he? He's so fucking funny. He's he's amazing because he sort of encapsulates a particular generation of men that doesn't exist anymore. And it's sort of that sort of Bob Hawke, Gordon Elliott, John Singleton, you know what I mean? Just Yeah, that, just that's like, right. 
quite uh, quite Absolutely. boorish, you know, quite boorish men, but like they they just went for it without apology. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just amazing. Um, oh yeah, they I, got some drink in them, and they were anyone's. Yeah, and just yeah. spoke. What they thought in their brain, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I, I always thought that that Les was a big piss taker, Bob Hawke, because Bob Bob was a sort of, you know, apparently dry alcoholic, um, and and <laughs> Les Les always used to sort of say, "Oh, you know, I I don't drink. I never touch the drink unless I'm thirsty, and all of this kind of shit." And he'd sort of, he'd be blind fucking drunk, like blind drunk. And it was actually um, his way of um, exploring the old, like his old self and, and and dealing with his alcoholism as well. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, a way of sort of getting through that. But like the character himself is so fucking vulgar and offensive. It's just fucking brilliant. It's just brilliant what he says. It but, is brilliant um, and I think if you did, if you are a kid of the 70s and the 80s, you weren't far from having an uncle like this dude. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, like absolutely. he was always a slutty old guy that was fucking drunk as a skunk with shit all over his fucking face <laughs> and dribbling, <laughs> dribbling fucking out of his nose. Like he was always, he was always something. Oh, he reminds me of the Queensland Prime Minister a bit as well. Oh, the premier, Joe? like Joe Bielke-Peterson. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. And, and I always thought he was sort of a piss take from him. But the thing was he was he did it so well that even the people that were like him laughed at him thinking they weren't, you know. He was absolutely fucking brilliant. Like it was, it was so vulgar but you couldn't help but laugh. Like the character's just like fucking spitting all over the guests, burping mid-sentence. Yeah. Like it was just like fucking brilliant. It's so brilliant. Incredible. Um, can we just flick through a li- – oh, no, this was actually early 80s. Um, it was – it's Celez on Mike Willisey. So you'll be able to see sort of how the character develops. This clip is a little bit longer. I think it was number six. This – um. This clip was a little bit longer, um, but he went on the Mike Willisey show as a guest. They used to sort of – they used to have just like a novelty section at the end of the Willisey show, which was like a, a a nighttime current affairs program. Quite serious, but sort of Les came on and just blew it up. It was amazing. So here you go. It led to a fashion. You know, people aren't smoking, they're not drinking, they're uh, cutting down on uh – on the odd research assistant, uh, you know, uh, after working out, getting all this down, darling. Hopefully, no worries. She can get it down too, I can tell you. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's after half past six now, isn't it? <laughs> and you still. This fellow's can- on a desert island with a pig. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey? No, you can't, you can't tell that one. Oh, no. So, Les, how do you handle fame? I don't have any problems. I like it up there. Being the recognised in the street. It suits me being recognised. People come up to me, they want me to kiss their kids, you know. So, Les, the other question I wanted to ask you was how you handle being a friend of celebrities. Well, what celebrities have you in mind? I, uh, there's quite a few celebrities. Like Joan Collins is a personal friend of mine. She's a beautiful girl too. She likes perfume too. You wouldn't guess what she puts behind her ears to attract a menfolk. 
her ankles. <laughs> well, it's a quarter to seven. <laughs> you with me? You're ahead of me, fella. Is this a dry run or is this going straight to air? Are we on delay? That's what I want to know. If we're not on delay, I'm finished. <laughs> so great. Ah, now there's no fucking studio audience on Willacy. That's the crew pissing themselves That's laughing. That's right, the camera guys and stuff, yeah. Fucking losing it because he yeah. had just basically said Joan Collins puts her ankles behind her ears to attract men. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And on a current in those program. days it was so funny, even Joan Collins would have laughed. Do you know what I mean? Oh, mate. And I think this was Willis's sort of Parkinson kind of show, like it was sort of like an Aussie Parkinson. So I think Parkinson might have had a crowd though, but we definitely didn't hear. And they didn't know what to expect really. It was like a surprise package. Okay, everyone is coming on. God only knows what will happen, you know. It was just so unbelievably funny that he got away with it, you know. He yeah. would get cancelled these days. Now this yeah. is – this is where I start to come in with this. This kind of humour does not exist in the mainstream anymore. It's no. really been pushed to the sides and comedians have to be fucking careful what they say and yeah. do because there are, there are to, you know, the, the thing about comedy is you play with taboos. You talk about taboos, the things that you can't talk about, the things that you can't laugh at. Of course they're the funniest things of all and they're the things that comedians sort of want to discuss. These days, if, yeah, you know, they're, they're, apparently there's some, the, you know, a scale of what you're allowed to talk about that fucking who knows what, mm. you know, knows what's on the scale and if you go too far you get fucking cancelled. Now, unfortunately, this... this started happening to Barry in the latter part of his career and and um, he, he he did make some comments uh, he di- he said later that he was in character when he made them I'm not sure of the context but he made some he made some comments about trans people um, I'm not sure if he was sort of working it in as satire or comedy in some way or he was just commentating. But, look, the guy voiced his opinion and um, from that the Melbourne International Comedy Festival removed his name from their top scoring award, which was called The Barry in his honour. It was called The Barry for something like 20 years and in 2019 because of the comments that Barry had made in an interview, they removed his name um, from from this top award and it was – it, it was he, – he was devastated by it. He yeah, was really devastated by it, you know. Um, this came at a similar time when uh, Chris Lilly was getting cancelled as well. Oh, okay. Um, so it was something that was really rising up. And, look, I don't know where I sit with all of this because I try to be sort of progressive in my thinking. But when it gets to the point that you're um, – when you're sort of defying logic, yeah. 
Mm. Like when somebody is clearly having a joke or producing comedy or trying to bring a bit of levity or lightness into the world and they're getting cancelled for it, that is fucking ridiculous. And that unfortunately is where the world is sitting at the moment. That's right. It's just fucking crazy. So this is why the loss of Barry Humphreys is so huge right now as well. Of course. And they're backflipping the Melbourne Comedy Festival. You know, yeah. they're like, we yeah. never we never did this, we're going to, no one cares. Like, no. yeah. I think if you've done so much for comedy or a theme of whatever art you do, really, you've really got to work out what you've done and what they've done. And Barry Humphreys has done fucking shitloads more than the Melbourne Comedy Festival. He made you that know. festival international by exactly. bringing a lot of his famous friends over to be part of the festival um, and put Melbourne on the map in, in terms of international entertainment, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a real shame that that happened. But, look, it will never take away from his legacy. Um, no. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep moving because I don't want to focus on the negative. It's all, mm-hmm. you know, all through the media and so forth. Just jumping back um, – but in, in the 80s, this was sort of uh, Barry's big transition into TV. He had his own to- uh, talk show in the US. He used to go on Park uh, – sorry, in the UK. He used to go on Parkinson in the UK quite a bit as, as mm-hmm. a guest as well, as Dame Edna. Um, and he was trying to really crack the US as well. He went over um, earlier and did – tried to do an uh, – uh, one man show on Broadway, it bombed, and yeah. he was really determined then to make his way back. Um, and he thought he did think the way back would be through talk shows. Mm. Um, Joan Rivers was a big fan of his. We were going to play his first appearance on US TV. Um, on The Lake Show, which was being hosted by Joan Rivers at the time. The audio was really terrible. So we've gone for this other clip where Joan actually visited Barry on one of his fest, um, his talk shows that he did uh, yeah. for Cable, I believe. Dame Edna experience it was. So yeah, I do remember as a kid it being on. It was I think six or 12 episodes and there was a couple of Christmas specials but it was a huge thing as Australians to see him so huge in America and or England doing his own sort of TV show. This was a big yeah. thing in Australia and we really wanted it to happen. So this one and Joan Rivers is fucking brilliant. Like they're the same person, you know. It wasn't Americanized. It was like Australian kitchen table comedy, you know what I mean? That's right. Absolutely. And it was just so like it made Ozzy so proud to see him with the biggest stars in the world interviewing them and yeah. sitting, sitting on panels with them and dominating the room because he was so brilliant. All right. So we'll give this one a uh, – Joan Rivers is excellent in this, by the way. Here we go. I want a warm hand and uh, if not a standing ovation, a crouching ovation for Joan
Rachel, sit down there, Joan, so darling. Good to see you. Oh, to see you. That is some staircase. It I is. I had a breath going down. Well, I'm not into exercising, you know. My grandmother, you talk about, you talk about your mother going back to school. My grandmother went back to, uh, to do exercising, and she was six years old and began to walk five miles a day. And she is 97 years old yesterday. Love we don't it. know where she is. You've <laughs> <laughs> been walking ever since, Walking, Joan. walking, walking. And I should do it, too, because my body is so crummy. Oh, please. Betty Ford saw me naked and began to drink again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having a lovely holiday here in London, Joan? Yes, we went to Brighton. Oh, lovely. I've for a swim? The but yes. It, it's, well, I don't, not a swim swim, because I don't look that good in a bathing suit. You know, well, I have no boobs. See, when I stand up, it's okay. When I lie down on the beach, mine just disappear under my arm. I just don't you know what's happened to them. You mustn't yeah. worry about them, darling. Yeah, but I'm scared they're gonna shrink. I wash them in drift. <laughs> you thought of washing them by hand, Jane. So quick. Just brilliant. They had a huge appreciation for each other, Joan Rivers. Oh, yeah. Joan, Joan actually um, suffered a bit of fucking woke cancellation as well in the latter part of her career. She did. She made, she made a fat joke about Adele. Can you remember it? Yeah, it was she on said, the fashion police, was it, or something? No, no yeah, she said she, said she, she saw her. Adele at an awards night and then she did this big fat face and everyone went, oh, like this. Yeah. And she said, she said, you know her song Rolling in the Deep? She oh. should have called it Ro Rolling in the Deep Fried Chicken. Oh, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Hilarious. bitch. Yeah, look, he, she, she was a burn. And I love her though. I think she's, she's amazing. And it is a shame that some of these fantastic older artists do get they you know, their hand smacked for fucking they just creative. They would not be able to fathom it, you know what I mean? And I know the times do change and, you know, uh, peop uh, more mature people are, uh, sorry, always being pulled up for sort of saying the wrong thing. But it's just they, they would not be able to fathom it, these comedians. No. No. Like take a fucking joke for God's sake. Don't be, yeah. don't be so precious. Oh, my God. Well, that's anyway. right. Now, yeah. um, it was sort of towards the latter part of the 80s especially, um, Barry was really, as Day Medna, was really hitting the talk shows and um, really sort of hitting the US market that way. So he would, I think he would go on Broadway in the 90s and actually have huge success. I think he got a Tony Award mm. um, for his one-man show on Broadway. Um, but it was because of all these like amazing um, short appearances that he was doing on the talk shows in the 80s that really cemented this. We've got another one here where he was on the same panel with a journalist as Donald Trump and Ivanka Trump. Have a listen. And I've got all that. <laughs> no wonder he's so popular. <laughs> now I see why these ratings are so big. Well, I would count it. Wouldn't you count it, Damon? Well, I don't. I have to don't admit you? I'm in many ways very like Mr. Trump. <laughs> there's, there's one major difference. He knows what he owns. And, you know, there are a lot of things I don't even know. I could own this network, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it's just possible. I, though I don't think the BBC could be privately owned. 
But I think it's, it's a point that Mr. Trump is making there, if I may call you Donald. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Thank you for asking me if I could call you Donald. But I, <laughs> I, I do think love comes into it, and I don't think that's a word that's much bandied about, but I think if you are really enjoying your job, love is involved. And it's not love of money, it's love of the gift that Dame Nature has given you. And he has been given a gift, his wife, the gift of beauty, and brains, if I may say so, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she comes from one of my favourite little countries, Czechoslovakia. I know it very, very well, darling. Prague is a, one of the most beautiful cities in the whole wide world. It indeed is. And uh, it's produced some very lovely ladies, and you're certainly one of them. But the point I'm trying to make is that once you're involved in something where you are achieving, then love comes into it. And the money is just a bonus. The money is a bonus. To me it is. If I was out there, I'm a famous actress by the oh, way. Absolutely. If, if it was just for the money, I think the public would smell it. I think they would. And I think greed is a very disfiguring thing. And I've seen greedy rich people and rich people who are not necessarily victims of that horrible disfiguring vice. I think we have a lot in common, these little Trumps. <laughs> I was going to ask this little Trump. You're, you're these little Trump? These little Trumps? Just fucking taking the piss out of them to their face. And do you think they're even aware of it? Nah. No, too no dumb. No fucking clue. Too fucking dumb. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like she is basically explaining to the world that this guy is a blood-sucking, money-loving Yeah, a greedy pig. <laughs> Exactly, that has a, a, tele, a wife that isn't intelligent, you know. Like yeah. she thinks she's in, you know. Oh, I'm very Czechoslovak. Yeah. It's like, dude, he's telling you your shit house, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. the Aussie way. And I think this is what I don't understand with Aussies, especially nowadays, is that if you do say something that's a little bit funny like, oh, blah, 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 um, they go, oh, you can't say that. It's like, Why? Why can't we say that? You yeah, know? why not? We just because all fucking laugh, didn't Facebook. we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, it's it's very, oh, we're just never going to see this stuff again. And it's so, that's the saddest thing about the death of him is that he is never, he's never going to be around again. He's never, no one else is going to do this stuff, you know? No, that's right. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we've got another little clip here. This is a character called Sandy Stone, which was one of his earliest characters, which he was doing right back in the uh, in the late fifties, when you know after sort of Dame Edna, or at least Edna Average was um, invented. Sandy Stone was like the opposite to Dame Edna, so um, he there was nothing glamorous about him. He was this old retiree. And the whole thing with Sandy Stone was Barry wanted to see how mundane he could make a character while still making it funny. Um, And it's fucking brilliant. It's just like this old bloke musing about bullshit and it's just fucking hilarious. Um, We've got a clip of Sandy right now. In the early 1950s, uh, you'd have deliveries. We'd have deliveries most mornings. Beryl would be there on tap to pick up deliveries. The groceries would come. 
mean, groceries is a thing. You'd say to kiddies these days, go down to the shops and get the groceries. Get me a few groceries. They wouldn't know what you meant by groceries. The word groceries is like blotting paper. You tell a kiddie, get me some blotting paper at the news agents. I say, what blotting paper? What's it for? I don't know because they don't have fountain pens. And of ink, wouldn't know what ink was. No ink was. Wouldn't know what string was. String. Wouldn't know what string was. The kitchen was the hub of our home. It was Beryl's domain. I think she spent most of her married life in there. Baking. She had everything absolutely as she wanted it. Her surfaces. Her, my wife's surfaces were probably the most beautiful in Australia. She cared about her surfaces. She looked after them. And she knew where everything was, and everything was. She could walk into that kitchen in the dark and put her hand on anything she wanted. She could always put her hand on anything she wanted, Beryl. Uh, it was a thing to do, to get in the car or the vehicle. On a Sunday afternoon... Well, we get the picture, but hilarious. It still... It makes me want to cry... You know, it's like an old bloke in a home. You know what I mean? It That's makes right, me in an old people's cry. home. But it's so yeah. fucking funny. Absolutely. Oh my god! I used to do. <laughs> I used to take the piss out of this character with Maddie, and Maddie used to kill himself laughing. Like I'd, I'd always, when we'd be at the casino performing, I'd be like, Ah, you, you know, there never used to be a casino here. Used <laughs> years ago, used to be all orange trees through here. Yeah, yeah, Maddie, yeah, exactly. Maddie used to piss himself laughing. Oh, he loves it, loves it. No, anyway. it's, it's pretty amazing and the body of work that Barry has done. Look, I just don't think he could have lived for another 10 years reality if he, you know, if he could have. I mean, but where would he go? What What could he do? You know what I mean? Like what would he do yeah, in, that's in right. today's world? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know whether he, it would have fucked it, you know what I mean? And that's not saying that I wanted him to die. As soon as I heard there was a hip problem, I just thought of um, our girl, um, Australian singer. I thought of Renee Gayer and I thought, oh, God, I oh, hope yeah, this doesn't right. end up exactly like Renee. Because they get to a certain age where there are complications. I don't know how they're doing it nowadays with the hip stuff. But I just got a little bit worried and thought, oh, God, I hope he comes out of this. Yeah. It's hard for the sort of senior performers and their because their hips fucking go from all the touring, yeah. you know. Just tripping and all over the, Yeah, all the dancing and performing and shit, you know. Um mm. they're doing it for decades and um eventually, yeah, the hips go because of all of that. It's it's terrible. And uh Dame would have been wearing little heels, I can imagine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, that would have been hard on the legs and the hips. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, look, uh, incredible. I just wanted to play a couple of other tr- uh, things that I've got quickly. This oh, was awesome. one day Medna with Cher and I just wanted to play this because I thought it was really cute. <laughs> more than you usually do. You have a... No, no, please, I'm sorry. Don't twist my words. You have a... A reputation for wearing rather flimsy and provocative little numbers, don't you? There's no two ways about that. That's true, but you know, when I met I met the Queen and, and I dressed appropriately and I felt that coming here, I needed to dress 
appropriately because after all there's hardly any royalty in america i mean a couple of queens i guess here and there but <laughs> i wanted to i wanted to dress appropriately for you you have yeah. you have and i'm glad you weren't wearing you know what is it a sort of cobweb and two bottle tops yeah. <laughs> i'm glad of you coming home in a flimsy little item and closing the door and sighing a deep sigh of relief and slipping into something all enveloping. That's what I have a picture of. I love your hair. Can I touch your hair? Yes. Well, it's not exactly mine, Edna. It's not. It's not organically grown. No. It's it's I, it's oil or you know it's petroleum something like that. Petroleum. It's synthetic. Oh, is it? But it's very effective. Thank you. I like it. I, I like being a redhead. it. Thank you. I've thought of going into wigs, but my own natural hair is so exotic. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm very lucky because I was born this colour. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Everyone loved her. The stars loved her, mate. She Absolutely. was so good on a talk show. And that's the thing. Nowadays... The new stars would be offended, taking the piss of them. But like someone like Cher and all these other, like um, all these other artists, he, she did a fantastic skit with um, Demos Roussos and stuff like that. And it was funny to them, and everyone laughed about themselves because that's the Australian way, and we've lost that because of overseas sort of noise and all that stuff. But the last clip we were going to play, I think, is the fucking best thing, and it's not eighties guys, but. It's when she went on The View and it's the funniest oh, shit yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. So did now you want to play that? Or? Yeah. Following her Tony Award, um, she she did break the US. She made it onto television in the Ally McBeal show. She had a sort of That's right. um, a semi-regular character on the Ally McBeal show. And from there she, she did sort of used to tour her one-man show there as well. Um, God, the pronouns. And um, she was then, you know, she did break the US and she was internationally successful. Um, and this was sort of, you know, um, supporting those tours. This is an appearance that she did on The View with um, Whoopi Goldberg, of course. Yep, and Cherie. And it's, it, it, look, we'll, we'll give all the, uh, the little things that you can watch on the, on the episode. We'll go through them and put them up. But. It is so funny because this is exactly what we mean is that it's – oh, you've just got to hear it. It's amazing. Here we go. I mean, do we know, but were you ever bullied? Were you a bully? I was bullied, but I was popular too. So maybe I wasn't as popular as I, I thought was I was. Popular. <laughs> I was bullied. I was bu- I was not popular. I was bullied all the time. I <laughs> was the school bully. Significant people. <laughs> it helped my self-esteem. Yes. It was wonderful. <laughs> and you know, I still yes. bully people. You do. <laughs> well, Dame, I don't think that's true because I understand you've adopted a child. Is that true? Tell yes. us. Tell yes. us about this. Well, I have been a widow for many years. Oh, I'm sorry. Though I'm I'm dipping my toes in the dating pool a bit oh, now. Yes, 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 yes. I've been seeing. Dare I say this? <laughs> I have been seeing Governor Patterson. <laughs> and, uh, but is he so uh, ill? Yeah. Oh, joy! How's that going? So how's, how's that, how's, how's that going? He 
How's that going? Yeah, well, he only found me on the third date. But it, just, it has been wonderful. But there's his wife, and how does she feel about that? When I say dating, I mean a cup of coffee here and there. Oh, That's I see. Thing. You could be the new bachelorette. No. Hmm? Bachelorette. You could be the new bachelorette. But I've adopted this lovely baby from the same village in Africa where Madonna shops for her loved ones. Her name. Yes. Her name is. <laughs> What's her name? How do you spell that? <laughs> but at school, isn't it sad? Sure, at school, she'll just get called because <laughs> children, children are so cruel. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's such the a risky joke. Oh my god, so and, fucking um, funny. Sherry is pissing like she's wetting her pants. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg's losing it. Uh, I mean, I don't mind the view. I think they're a great show. But what great sports in now this age to get along and and just have a great laugh because it's fucking funny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, it, it, um, yeah, it's such a great loss. Um, I, I sort of, I found out on Saturday night and I, I got this sort of news report coming through, but I had been talking to my friend Jerry Connolly, who had done some shows with Barry and they were sort of yeah. friends and contemporaries over the years and everything. And I, I knew that he wasn't doing so well, Barry, and that they had called the family in and, so forth from in, um, from overseas to come and say you know be with him and be around him and it was just lovely that he was up because he, he did have a falling out with one of his daughters they reconciled before the oh, end good. yeah and he had all his family around him and um, yeah he he loved all of his kids and his grand grandchildren dearly and had all of them around him he he passed away in Sydney. Um, just on the 22nd of April, just last weekend, so at um, 89 years old. And um, I, I read uh, a news report that said um, he, just like a performer, he closed his show on a Saturday night. And um, yeah, uh, yeah right. I, 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 thought, I did think that was lovely. But, um, yeah, I was very sad about it. It's a, a big loss. Of course, it you know, that kind of brilliance can't go on forever. Um, um, and it's just fantastic that, uh, yeah, he's having a state funeral here in Melbourne and he's being recognised and, um, I guess the, the thing with the Melbourne film, um, Melbourne comedy festival will just be a sort of blip in the past. It won't even be yeah. remembered as part no of his legacy. No one gives a fuck. So. Exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Well, there you go, just guys. There's our show. The world. Amazing, yeah. amazing, honey. That was really interesting. Did you ever see him live? Yeah, I saw him a couple of times. I I went backstage as well um, once um, and sort of met him briefly with a with a big heap of people. But yeah, I've I've got a sort of just little just little sort of anecdotes here and there, and just just funny barryisms. I've always done. 
Um, I never took off Dame Edna, but always Les Patterson and and done a bit of Barry Humphreys as well. Yeah. Um, but he's just, yeah, just hilarious. Just some of Les Patterson's one-liners, like he was saying how he got a flight. He, you know, oh, I've just come back from Honkers and uh, had a little Thai uh, hosty on the f- flight back. She was beautiful, beautiful little Asian woman. Oh. She would have, she would have had one on her like a mouse's ear. Oh, that's right. She, she, she would have had one on her like a, a mouse's, mouse's ear. ear. <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, he had such hell. a huge aura as well, and very tall guy, very very large. Yeah, he being. was. Yeah, and yeah. I remember I was only about six, and we were in a Queensland restaurant. I think it was the Mirage in Queensland, which oh, yeah. had just been built. It was sort of just. Oh, I don't know, there was a walkway over to the water or some shit. And we were there for – my auntie lives in Queensland and my uncle did at the time and I'm pretty sure it was just my dad, myself and my brother and I and he was in the restaurant and I just couldn't stop staring at him because I knew who he was because we'd seen him on TV so much. But he wasn't the approachable guy that you could go up to and go, can I have an autograph? He was quite mysterious and standoffish in his uh, – how he held himself and I really like that as well because I think if you are in a restaurant and you're not fucking working, people should leave you alone and then not only that, he went for the waitress with the bill because it was $2 over. So he always watched his money as well Well, when it it came to the bills and I think that's, that's credible, you know. That's just old school Aussie good sense. Like yeah. you don't ever just send the fucking credit card. That's off, exactly you know? right. You, you've you've like added up the fucking bill in your head. You know what it's going to be, and you've you've counted out the change for yourself. You know what I mean? That's a that's, right. that's a big thing that doesn't fucking exist anymore either. You know, like counting no. out the fucking change and and just having that kind of um, that good sense, like financially. You know. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, he he. Even though he was sort of reserved like that, um, he was never rude. If anybody would approach him, he was always so polite and would get photos and like have a chat to them and um, he was never, ever rude. It was really sort of really important of him not to be common you know, not to be perceived as common. He was really there for the people. Um, um, He didn't like boorish people, like he didn't like sort of rude or inconsiderate people. But if he could see that somebody was just, um, you know, genuine and like a, you know, a a lovely person, like perhaps they were – Perhaps they were approaching him when they shouldn't have been, but they were genuine and actually genuinely excited to to um, meet him. He would be so um, polite and welcoming and everything, and have have a bit of a chat with him. He was he was lovely like that. Do you know what I? Th- it brings back. I think when Maddie went and saw a Star Wars orchestra at the yeah. at the Victorian Arts Centre. I think he was there that day, and he wasn't so good. With people, I think there was oh, someone annoying right. him, 
and maybe I'm sure it was Barry Humphreys. It may have been some. Oh, oh no, sorry, it was Jeffrey. It was Jeff. It was Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush, Rush. On the other that's hand. right. Excuse me, it was. Yeah. Yes, Jeffrey Rush. And Jeffrey um, Rush, on the other hand, had no problem with being common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Jeffrey would have. Um, Jeffrey would have loved to have seen himself in the same league as Barry Humphreys, but unfortunately, uh-huh. you know, br- brilliant guy as well. But um, yeah, sorry, not quite. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's our show for this week. What a great show! Rest in peace, oh, Barry Humphreys. Oh, one more thing I want to say. Yeah, there's yeah, one do it. One more thing I want to say. So it, this, this to me is the funniest thing that Barry Humphreys ever fucking did, right? Uh-huh. When he was in his early theatre days, when he was sort of back in uni, <clears throat> he used to be a fan of uh, the Dada movement. Dadaist mm. art is sort of like political art, absurdist uh, political art. So they would do like, they do things like, oh, I don't know, it was it was theatre, but it was sort of it'd be out on the streets, like it'd be a, a piece of performance art in the street where people wouldn't realise if it was true or not, and it was just meant to make them think or make them feel. You know what I mean? It was sort of very, um, uh, very political and very sort of street. Uh, Are you talking like a, a a dumb cunt on a box painted as white and then he comes to life kind of art? Or are you talking oh, about? Oh no, nothing okay. like that. Right. Yeah, Something, no, it was someone having an argument. Yeah, no, yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. like it'd be like yeah, a that staged, was much more interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like a staged event, like you know where they do something in the street and the people that witnessed it. Um, it would be for them to make them think or, ch- to, you know, to change their view on something or educate them in some way, you know. That was the Dada movement. He was really big, um, Barry Humphreys. He was a huge Dada fan. <laughs> he, he used to do things like – but he was always fucking funny with it. He used to do things like he'd go into the city and he'd, he'd – have like a couple of friends just watching and he would hang out on the street dressed as a vagrant with a fucking beard, like a fucking homeless person. Uh And in his mouth he would have like Campbell's cream of chicken soup and he'd just like, he'd walk over to a bin and just like... like Oh, my God. Spew into the bin and people would be fucking... Yeah, people would be fucking horrified like this homeless dude's just spewed into the bin. Then very quickly he'd he'd run away down a laneway, change into like a business suit and like like within a couple of minutes come back in a completely different guise with a suit on, (laughs) with a briefcase and like walk up to the bin, look into the bin and like – between like finger and thumb, he'd take this spoon out from his top pocket and go in and eat the vomit out oh. of the bin. <laughs> fucking isn't that hell. Fucked, isn't that, that fucked is in the head? Mental. Like oh, so much awesome. fucking effort. So much effort. Yeah. But <laughs> just God. To, just to get um, under people's skin. He was like a provocateur, you know? Yeah, 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 that's right. That was, was his art amazing. form, you know? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Which is I just great. fucking love that anyway. I, wanna, I wanted to at least get that in somewhere if not finished with it. So there you yeah. go. Barry Humphreys, guys. Barry Humphreys, amazing. We'll never All see right. another like it. We won't. We won't. Nah, the world's gone to shit, you know. <laughs> 
And uh, so. Yeah, soak it up. Watch his clips. They're piss funny, guys. They're all on YouTube. We've got all the links in our notes. So um, yes. get around it and, and um, make the most, guys. Have Absolutely. And thank you for downloading our show, guys, and reviewing. Tell us what you thought in an Apple review about the Barry Humphreys episode. But, Jay, amazing, babe, your research and – or not even research, you just know this stuff because he's, you're a huge fan. Love it, this It's guy. awesome and I think – you know, it's great to do a podcast where you're not going, oh, in 1973 he got a yeah. puppy. You know, like you know you've lived it, it's part of you and that's what we like to – how we like to approach our show. And, yeah, we like to say fuck every now and then. But basically I think that was amazing. What a what a great story. Some great stories there, you know. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, so much more out there, guys, so so check it all out. But thank you for listening. Big hello to all our listeners in the USA, in the UK and all around the world. We love you very much. 200 episodes is coming up very soon, guys. So for people in Melbourne and all of Australia, we're holding a live event in a couple of months. So keep your ear out. It's going to be huge. Yes, we are, we are, we are. And uh, keep downloading, keep. Uh, sharing, liking, write us a letter, do whatever you need to do to uh, get the show out there because uh, it's really starting to to get some traction which is awesome and we love doing it for you guys and we hope that you enjoy it and it sort of makes you weak and gives you a bit of a laugh. That's what we do it for. Uh, look, the Cairns people that have brought tickets for the Rewind Daddy's Mixtape Tour, God bless your cotton socks. We've got 280 payers already and it, we've got five to six weeks left. So it's going to be a huge night there. Also, Launceston people at the Princess Theatre on the 28th of July in Tasmania. You guys have... Fucking rocking ticket sales as well. So thank you so much because all this stuff helps us create bigger shows and gives us money behind it. We're not being paid by the venue. We're putting this on ourselves. So really get behind and support us. We love you for that. It means more than you'll ever know. Put it that way. Brilliant. I can't wait to play both of these shows. They're going to be great. So see you very soon, Tazzy, and see you soon, Cairns. Good on you guys. Thanks for listening. This is the 80s montage, and if it's music mateys... Or cool shit from the 80s... We're going to talk about it. Unreal. <laughs>